0: Dear listeners, welcome to the seventh episode of EDSO policy podcast. I am Sebastian Gisbert-Mazia, policy officer at EDSO. And today I will be joined by Leila Sawyer, Secretary General of Current Europe, and Karina Lehman, Product Manager of Greenfield Power. Current is the key industry association representing innovative grid technology companies operating in Europe. Leila, Karina, a very warm welcome to you both.
1: Thank you, Sebastian. We're happy uh, we're happy to be here today as well.
2: Yes, yeah, thank you very much for the invitation. Great to see you.
0: It is very nice to have you indeed. Um, in the past decade, several DSOs have made investments into new technologies, tools and techniques to modernize the electric grid. As some of these investments are reaching full implementation, there is an opportunity for other DSOs and their regulators who are contemplating similar investments to learn from the experiences of the early adopters. One key component of a successful grid modernization effort is customer engagement. More and more customers are interested in new technologies, more rate options, and access to cleaner energy choices. Grid modernization efforts will help meet these new needs and demands from their customers. Obviously, smart grid technology is growing fast. Its contribution to energy efficiency and sustainability is undeniable. I would like to see um, deep into it, What is it like? What advantages and disadvantages it might have? So ladies, here's today's big question. How will grid technologies help DSOs reach the climate change targets? And what changes will be needed in order for the grid to support them? And more importantly, why are innovative grid technologies so important?
2: I will start this question off, if you don't mind, Leila. So from our side, from my company's side as well, we see from the DSOs that the flexibility will be a major point in the future, especially with the distributed generation like solar energy or wind energy, um, because those energies cannot be planned in contrast to fossil energy, right? So we already know that to reach the climate targets, which are very ambitious and the European Commission really sets high high targets there, we need to have in the future 10 times more wind and more solar power plants. and But those power plants have to be integrated in a very stable way uh, with monitorable voltage quality and also the security of the supply. So this must be a very big focus point for DSOs. And also the thing is that the grid is not used to these kinds of bi-directional energy flows that we see now with the distributed generation on the low and medium um, voltage side. So they have to transform the grid in a way that they can can control the medium and the low voltage side. And for us as real power, this makes only sense if they have the right measurement technology and they also implement this with innovative grid technologies. This could be sensors, for example, or other measurement equipment and then use algorithms and software parts to get the measurements where the DSOs needs that. So you can basically think about the grid now in on the low and medium voltage level as a black box that you cannot see in. right? And with with measurements, this black box becomes transparent and the DSO can react to the content and the behavior of the voltage and the current there. So if, for example, there is a fault, then the DSO can react accordingly. But this is right now not the case. So for us, why are innovative grid technologies important? Because they enable the smart grid that we want to have in the future.
0: All right, Um, thank you very much for that. Uh, The term smart grid has come to mean a range of technologies, tools, and techniques being used to modernize our electric grids. Making the grid smarter involves the deployment of advanced devices that give near real-time data on system conditions, support the two-way flow of electricity and information between utility and users, and enable demand response, outage management and other important capabilities. Can you tell the listeners a bit about microgrids such as how they work and also provide a couple of examples? So
2: since I'm the technician in the conversation, I will give a quick explanation on the question for the smart grid um, versus the microgrid. so basically the microgrid and the smart grid can be used as synonyms, but they're not the same thing um, because, uh, microgrid um, has to operate autonomously. So that means the grid is basically an island grid. And it has its own generation and is connected to several loads. And in normal operation, it may be well be part of a higher level power grid. But for example, if there is a fault, it can desynchronize from that higher uh, level power grid. And it can supply the connected consumers through its own production or energy storage options. For example, like battery storage or um, pump, uh, hydro p- pumps, st- um, power plants. And smart grids, on the other hand, are just electricity grids that contain communication infrastructure, such as smart meters and intelligent components. But a microgrid can also be a smart grid. So that's why it both are like synonyms.
0: All right. So Leila, uh, can you actually think of a specific example?
1: So I think for a smart grid, the important thing is also to look at what are the capabilities of the grid. So a smart grid uh, has extra, um, extra things that you can do with it, like uh, observing what's going on in the system, uh, managing the assets, coordinating between TSOs and DSOs. So for example, if we have a, a smart grid and we look at a, a sunny and windy day and what happens uh, so that the grid can actually know that uh, more electricity is feeding into it from solar or wind and then respond to that in a smart, in a smart way. So observing what is going on in the system and uh, reacting to that. And at the same time, uh, a smart system uh, we think also means looking at using the system in the most cost efficient way possible. So to using our materials in a more efficient way.
0: No, I think that was very, very uh, informative. Thank you. Energy demand has increased because of globalization, rising living standards and technological advancements. This caused an increase in power usage that, if left untreated, might become unmanageable. This is a concerning issue, not just for the provision of renewable energy, but also for the global preservation of the ecosystem. Cities use around 75 to 80% of global energy consumption, accounting for 80% of greenhouse gas emissions. How are the innovative grid technologies that are going to shape the future?
2: Um, in, uh, In my view, with innovative grid technologies, the energy efficiency of the grid can be increased, so that even the increase in the energy consumption doesn't necessarily mean an increase in the greenhouse gas emissions. right? So with environmentally friendly energies like solar or wind that can be integrated into the grid, since the installation of innovative grid technology helps to control them, and also with different monitoring methods, existing grids can be better utilized, and then suddenly we require less energy generation for the same amount of energy consumption. But how does it look, Leila, in the broad European sense?
1: Yes. So, uh, indeed, the cities are where a lot of the electricity is being used, but we also have to look at where are our uh, resources. So, uh, where is there a lot of wind and where is there a lot of solar? And, um, and then to take a pan-European approach in, in making it happen. So, we use our resources as efficiently as possible and then get it to the places where it's needed, like, like the cities.
0: All right, but uh, how do you think that these um, innovative grid technologies are shaped themselves by external factors?
2: Well, I feel like only if the right incentives for the usage of innovative grid technologies are there, then the DSOs or also the TSOs will try and implement them, right? So because often you have to plan something, make a pilot installation and use a lot of money. But if there is incentive for it, the regulation, the directives behind it, then everybody will see, well, we should do that. And it also makes sense. So for me, every time you need or you want R&D, you also have to get the right amount of money to implement
0: that. All right, Um, thank you. Um, Current commissioned Cosintec to undertake a report looking at the combined impact of innovative technologies to reduce congestion and its associated costs in that European grid. The report, the benefits of innovative grid technology states that using readily available innovative grid technologies can reduce levels of congestion, predispatch and curtailment of renewables by as much as 90% in the given scenario in one region in Europe. Can you tell us a bit more about the use uh, of innovative solutions that increase network efficiency and use of the existing grid, ultimately providing more immediate benefits to end consumers? So
1: thank you, Sebastian. In, indeed, we commissioned this study at the end of last year, at the end of 2021, and we basically looked at three different kinds of technologies. So we looked at dynamic line rating, uh, we looked at uh, modular uh, SSSCs (SOS uh, static synchronous series compensators) and superconductor uh, cables, and then we looked at in 20 and 2030. Uh, what would be uh, the benefits, what would these uh, technologies uh, bring to the, uh, to the 2030 scenario as benefits? And as you, as you mentioned already, um, uh, each, each of these technologies individually had uh, quite an individual effect. But then together, these three different uh, kinds of technologies – were able to reduce uh, 90% of the uh, grid congestion-related costs, um, and also avoid three terawatt hours of renewables uh, curtailments. Also res- resulting in huge savings for the for the customers. But uh, i mean not only not only that but this is even kind of an optimistic scenario because this assumes that all the grid projects in the pipeline actually get completed on time and we know that that is already not the case that it can take it can take much longer than expected to build the grids. So if it takes longer, even a lot of these solutions can be implemented in a much shorter time frame than building new grids. So the potential for benefit is even is even much greater than that.
0: All right, what is the future smart grid technology like?
1: Um, for me, actually, in
2: addition to a high pre- penetration of renewable energies, the future smart grid will also focus on the customer. So he, the customer, understands how the energy price is made up and can use a market model to use the most favorable time to charge various devices. So the network not only contains solutions made out of copper, but is a mix of intelligent devices, right? Right storage systems and distributed generation, which with each network level can be monitored and controlled so that the congestion is minimized. And furthermore, cross-border transport will become more important, which strengthens the close contact of the entire European grid. And with such a setup, energy can be brought to exactly the places where it is needed or stored as a reserve when it is not needed. And this means that the energy supply is not only the topic of each individual country, but also a tool to promote cooperation throughout Europe.
1: Yeah, as I I mentioned before, throughout, we need to have a pan-European approach on energy. So we already know that in 2050, we're going to have a huge amount of renewables in the grid, and we need to already start planning for that now, how we can organize that in the most efficient way.
0: Oh, Thank you very much for that. Do you have any final message you would like to leave us um, with our audience today?
1: Well, I think that transparency is very important. We need, so we have all of these technologies. uh, Some of them are more commercially available and implemented, but we see that sometimes it takes a long long time and we we need transparency on how these investment uh, decisions are made. So uh, yeah, it's, for example, ENSOE um, and, uh, and for the transmission system operators has come up with the technopedia to already show what are the technologies and how they have been implemented. So we think it would be useful for DSOs to also have a kind of technopedia to help uh, promote the transparency um, and to, for uh, DSOs to learn from each other and how these technologies support an increasingly renewable grid. Exactly. I can
2: just compliment Leila for that and, and expand that answer. Everybody needs to kind of work together and we need to set ourselves goals to defy this challenge um, of the climate change. And we have to be Like the energy sector has to explain to the customer what we are doing in an understandable way and how changes that we want to make also affect them. Because for the future of a healthy planet, everybody needs to be proactive about energy.
0: All right. So you would say that customer empowerment is at the heart of your message. right?
2: Yeah, definitely. Because you can't. You can't have all the resources, all the grid in innovative tech technologies you want. If the customer doesn't understand them and doesn't understand the opportunities they get from that as well, we can't do it.
0: Yes, so that that is all my questions for today. And thank you so much uh, here on behalf of everyone at EDSO for being with us and uh, for having exchanged with us on these very interesting and exciting topics. Thank you very much again and see you soon.
2: Thank you Sebastian for your very interesting questions. Thanks for having us.
0: Thank
1: Thank you. you Sebastian.